can can you guys uh, stand to open up the word today? You guys, anybody want to be uh, getting the word? Anybody? Any takers? Okay. So if you don't, now's your chance to leave. Okay. <clears throat> Resist the urge of looking at the clock. I know what time it is. It's nine thirty. Okay. Oh wait, no. I know what time it is. Believe me. But I want to just I want to carry on with. Uh, with this really the, the, the anthem of this morning um, overall I feel like it could be summed up in, in, in one word and that is trust trust our trust to the Lord us trusting God uh, about everything and about anything in life how many obviously we could all agree that this world as big as it is it's it's still a it's still a, a small place but it, it, in its smallness it still has a lot of big problems right we we all have our own our own set of things that we deal with and go through and um and so we've been in a in a series really that we just call forward and that's just something i believe that's the direction our lives need to be headed in the lord he calls us forward uh and and certainly there are things we can reflect on in the past and be and be thankful for and and repent of and learn from but we don't dwell in the past, uh, but at the same time, we allow that to catapult us forward into the hands of God and to throw ourselves at his mercy and to lay our lives down at the cross and to let our lives rest in the palms of his, of his grace. Uh, that's how he carries us. He carries us with grace. And so one of the things that we've been talking about is, is really about trying is creating room and creating space in our life making more room for God to actually move in our life uh, and and the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people praise opens up room for the Lord to move in our life and to occupy space in our heart where we've given that, that devotion and maybe maybe that attention to other things uh, but also another thing that opens up room and makes more room and creates more space in our life for God to work and move in our life is prayer. And, uh, and, and so that's what we talked about last week. And I'm just going to wrap up that thought today about prayer. <clears throat> so let me invite you to open up to the New Testament to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6. Uh, Matthew, chapter 6. Uh, these verses today will also be on the screen here on the stage. But... Um, I really want to just kind of zero in a little bit more on on trust and 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 how prayer has a lot to do with that. Matthew chapter six, Jesus is having not a, he's not really having a discussion; he's preaching. He's it's called the Sermon on the Mount, and really this was the the uh, normal things that he would go around preaching. And Matthew records it in chapters five, six, and seven, and in the middle here of chapter six. Jesus is really speaking on and teaching and preaching about the issue or the, the subject of, of prayer and fasting and giving and how all those things work together. And right in the middle, verse 9, he talks about prayer. And he says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We sang that song this morning. How about that? <laughs> Verse 11. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins 
as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Let's pray over this today. God, we come before you to, to enter into your word. We open it up. Maybe something we've read and listened to or heard a thousand times, but today, let it be like the first time. Open our eyes. Unplug our ears. Unveil our hearts to be receptive of your word now. Teach us, O oh Lord, what it is you want to speak to us today, and may our lives welcome it, embrace it, and apply it. And everybody who agrees with that can say amen. Amen. It's good. Most of you do. Praise the Lord for that. I like this quote uh, that's written by pastor and author Max Lucado. I said this last week. He said this, prayer isn't a privilege for the pious, nor the art of a chosen few. Prayer is simply a heartfelt conversation between God and his child. And I think about that, and I look at this teaching here, this the, the scriptures here in the Gospel of Matthew and how Jesus lays it out. He lays it out in a way that it's not presented as I am high and mighty and I'm over you and, and there's nothing you can do to ever be like me or get to me. No, he presents it in a way as I want to be with you and I want you to have what I have. That's the God we serve. That first and foremost, God wants a relationship with us. His creation, his beloved, his people. God wants a relationship with us. God is more interested in a relationship with us than what we can actually do for him. If your relationship with God is based on what you can do for him, your relationship is not based on the right context of what and who God is. It's built and based on relationship. And then out of relationship with God, as we learn to walk with him and talk with him and go through life in, in, in this world with him and he with us, we begin to learn some things. One of the things we begin to learn is he has a purpose and a plan for our lives. He really does. He, have a, he has a destiny that he created each and every one of us for. He, there is no other person with the same exact thumbprint as you. There's no other person created just like you. We're all created, yes, in the image and the likeness of God, but there is only one you. And if you put your hand over your heart today and you feel it pump, which I hope it is, then that signifies you still have purpose. You still have purpose. You still have a destiny in the Lord. And as we've been told this morning, he's not through with us yet. That what he has started, what he has begun, he is faithful. I just love it when all these different elements of our church service just come together and speak one big great thing. It just really makes everything make sense in a world that's topsy-turvy. But most important, the biggest thing God's after for any one of us is relationship. He's not as interested in what you can sign up for and do for him. That might be important, and it might be very good. But what he's after, first and foremost, is a relationship. And out of relationship is born purpose. Is born the richness of who you were created to be. Tony is somebody. Tyrone Tony Reed is somebody. And he is going to be even doing even bigger things than he's ever done before. Can you imagine that, Tony? 
I mean, come on, you've done some pretty big significant things thus far. But there are some greater things God's going to use you for on a platform that man didn't build, but God has just been building all along, been crafting it. He's, been, he's got the blueprints designed, and he's, 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 got the, he's, got the, he's got the measurements just right, and he's putting all of these things together for such a time as this. And that's the same for each and every one of us. The devil would like to come and destroy it. The enemy would like to come and disrupt it. And he would certainly like to put discouragement and doubt in your hearts. And he would like to seal it with fear. But the Bible tells us in 1 John 4 that perfect love casts out all fear. That if you have not encountered perfect, the perfect love of God, then your life is susceptible to be overtaken by fear. But God's love is perfect, and it's his love that transforms and revolutionizes our life, and it casts out all fear. You see, the thing is, if the devil can't, he likes to get us busy, and if he can get us busy and in a hurry and just kind of in our own little thing, that'd be fine with him. But if we snap out of busyness, and he can't get us to be busy, the one thing he will try to do is to strike fear in our hearts. He will try to make us live afraid, to live afraid. Some of us, it was hard to praise God this morning in that exuberant moment for maybe different reasons, but I think a couple of different reasons it might be hard for some of us to praise God is maybe because we're afraid that if I praise him, what bad thing's going to happen again? And then we're afraid to praise him. Because bad things have happened. Difficult, challenging things. Things that have caused a lot of questions. Things that have caused confusion. Things that have brought heartache. That words can't really give a description to of where the heart, a way your heart feels. But nonetheless, that's where the enemy would like to keep us. Is silenced. Gripped. Crippled. By fear. Friends, that's not where God's called us to live. That is not the life we are called to live. In Christ, we are called, obviously, to live as a conqueror, more than a conqueror through him who loved us in Christ Jesus. We're death, nor height, nor angels, nor demons, we're life, nor death, where nothing in all of this world could ever separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. But how do you live with that? The devil would like to make us live by fear. So if he can't get us, keep us busy... And he can't keep us trapped and crippled by fear. One of the things he will try to do is to slow, is to wear us down to the point where we are just weak. Where we're just weak. How do we combat that? How do we overcome that? How do we turn the tide on that? How do we live in a relationship with God, knowing what our purpose is, walking in the destiny he's created us for? Jesus outlined it in just one section here, and one of those big things is, is prayer, is prayer. Do I mean, man, would, does, that, do I, does that mean we got we to gotta live our days eight hours in prayer, trapped in a closet somewhere, shut off from the world somewhere for eight hours a day? No, that's not what he's getting at here. What he's getting at is a every day, every moment, every situation, everything we go through in life, every day in life is walking with him. Walking with God, being mindful of his presence in our life. And one of the, one of the, 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 the quickest ways 
to acknowledge the presence of God in your life in, a, in any day, in any situation, is just taking a moment to be still and pray. Prayer. I'd last, I, last week I started out by sharing just three thoughts about prayer. The first one was that we shared last week was prayer prevents lukewarmness from settling in our hearts. And it builds intimacy. Prayer builds intimacy. If our, li- our lives definitely, spiritually speaking, we're not supposed to live as a Christian on this earth passive. No spiritual fire. No spiritual passion. No compassion. No oomph in us. No, we're called to have the oomph going on inside of us. That doesn't mean we walk around with the tongues of fire always dangling over our heads and everybody's looking at us like we're crazy. But what we do live, we live with the, by faith and we live in love with God and we live knowing God is the author and the finisher of our life. That God is the one who creates us. God is the one who sustains us. And it's Him, and it's in Him that we live and move and have our being. That, and we live with that mindset. We live with that on the job. We live with that at home. We live with that in school. We live with that in every situation. And that is, that is the, the thing that, that prayer propels us in, is, is acknowledging the presence of God in our life. Prayer builds intimacy in our life with God. You want to be close to God? Turn off the TV, open the Bible, and talk to Him. You want to be close to God? Turn off Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Netflix, Pure Flix, all the kinds of flicks, nitpicks. What am I getting at? If you want to be close to the Lord, you make time for Him by talking to Him. How do we talk to God in a noisy world? How do we talk to God on our job? without sounding and looking like you're talking to yourself and they're going to call the special number for somebody to come get you. Prayer. Last two thoughts are this. Prayer prevents, here's a big one. Prayer prevents fear from dominating and it builds trust. Jesus said this right here in Matthew 6, verse 11. Give us today. What day? What day? Today. Give us today the food we need. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Prayer prevents fear from dominating and it builds trust. Look at this scripture right here in in Psalm 34. It's on the screen so you can follow quickly. You can write it down if you're taking notes. David's prayer, Psalm 34, verse 4. David says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. How about that? I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my... He freed me from all my... He freed me from all my... Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. 
How about that? But who are we looking to? Who are we supposed to look to? Half the church gets it. What about the rest of the church? Who are we supposed to look to? In my desperation, I prayed. Anybody ever been desperate and prayed? That's most of the time when most of us pray is when we're desperate. (laughs) And the Lord, he listened. He saved me from all my... How about that? But it started with... I prayed. If you want God to answer you, you have to pray. If you want to be free from all fears, we have to pray. You don't get this. If you want the joy of God to be your strength, you have to If you want shadows of darkness to be cast off of you, you have to If you want to be saved from troubles, you have to. Have to pray. Wednesday I was reading some of these scriptures and and hadn't really prayed yet. I was just kind of thinking. And all of a sudden, anxiety came over me. Anxiousness. Just, I mean, all of a sudden. Anybody ever had that happen? I didn't have a panic attack. I don't think I've ever had one of those. I don't really know what that's like. But I just felt incredibly anxious. Just anxious. And then one of the things I was anxious about was about a bill of mine. You know bills. Anybody got bills? I'm the only one with bills. <laughs> you know, you got a bill right behind you. <laughs> Always on you. That bill is always chasing you down, and that happens. But anyway, I don't know why. I hadn't really thought about it much, and it just kind of came over me, and I was reading this, and I thought, well, I I think I better pray because I ain't going to go through this day anxious because oftentimes when I go start getting anxious and I I let it start to really take its course in my heart and my mind, then I get frustrated, and then I start getting frustrated at myself. And then I start getting frustrated at my family. Then I start getting frustrated at other things. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to do that. That's just not what I'm supposed to. That's not the Lord, to live with anxiousness. So I just started to pray. And it's, I started to pray. I was reading these words of David, and I started to pray. And I really did. I felt God's peace, as James admonished us earlier, is that the peace of God would come when you pray. And I just began to pray and, and tell the Lord about my issue or about that bill. And, and I began, then I began to thank him that you haven't let me down yet. You haven't forsaken me. You're with me. And as long as I look to you and I live my life to steward it in a way that will bring honor to you, you will be faithful to your word to take care of me. And so I just began to pray the stuff that I know in my head, but oftentimes our heart get, gets bankrupt with. Because that's how life happens. That's, that's what happens sometimes. Life and the enemy and other things. And so immediately I began to feel the Lord free me from my fear. I began to feel him deliver me from my trouble. Now my bills still do, obviously. Still got to pay my, my stuff. But here's the thing. I trust that he, he knows. 
I trust that he's got this. I trust that whatever it is in your life, when we pray, it, not, it opens room for God to move in our life. But how many times, listen, how many times, honestly, have you had some things come on you, anxiousness, anxiety, fear, trouble, desperation, and you didn't pray? You just thought, I'm going to power through this. I'm going to buckle down in this. I'm going to pull my bootstraps up, and I'm just going to get through this thing today. And you got through that thing today feeling worse than you ever did before you started. And you had more issues come up on your plate. You had more stuff pile on your mind. Anybody ever been there before? But when you stopped and you prayed, truly, earnestly prayed, it opened up room for God to work in your life. So many times we get overwhelmed by fear. Fear, if the enemy can get us to live in fear, then hey, he, don't have to wor- he doesn't have to worry about trying to trip us up with sin. If we'll just live in fear, then it'll paralyze us, it'll cripple us, and we'll never walk powerfully in the purpose that we've been created for. Because we live by fear. Fear is draining, fear is crippling, fear is captivating, but fear does not come from God. If your life is dominated by fear, fear can be gone in a moment when you open up your mouth and you pray to the Lord earnestly. I mean, in a moment, fear can be gone. God is a keeper of his word. He's true to his word. And we're not called to live gripped by fear. We're called to live by faith. Now, I know in reality what it feels like, yes. But in real, truer reality, what it is, is faith. And God moves when we pray. It opens up room, creates space when we pray. How about these words? And these are some of the words that I prayed on Wednesday. Proverbs chapter 3, it's familiar to most. Wisdom says this, this is what wisdom says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, do not depend on your own understanding. Anybody ever caught yourself trying to figure it all out in, 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 a, in a moment of time, trying to think through every scenario, every contingency, every dot, every T, every I, you think I'm thinking through all of it, you're trying to just gather as much understanding of it as you can, but you never do really figure it out. Seek His will, God's will, in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. Verse 7, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. (laughs) Hey. Hello. How you doing? Instead... Fear the Lord. <laughs> Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body. How about this? Physical health can be affected by mental fatigue. When we're unhealthy inside, emotionally, spiritually, it can affect and will affect our physical health. But what does it say to do? Go to the Lord. Trust Him. You will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Trust. The word there means confidence, to be bold, to be secure. So what, the, what wisdom is saying is this. 
when you trust in the Lord with all your heart, you're, you're confident in the Lord with all your heart, you're bold in, your, in, your, in, in the Lord with all your heart, and you're, you're secure in the Lord with all of your heart. Security, confidence, boldness in God. There's this professor and uh, philosopher of ethics by the name of John Kavanaugh. Anybody ever heard of John Kavanaugh? A few of you? He was just up the road here in St. Louis at St. Louis, Missouri, or St. Louis University many years ago. But on the, as, uh, when he graduated from university with his couple of degrees, he went to Calcutta, India, and spent a few months in, with Mother Teresa. Anybody remember Mother Teresa? If you don't know who Mother Teresa is, you need to go home right after church. Not right now while I'm preaching, but when you get home and Google Mother Teresa, and a good image will pop up. But Professor John Cavanaugh went to Calcutta to work in the House of the Dying, the ministry Mother Teresa had. And on his first morning there, he met with her, and he sat down with her, and she said to him, what can I do for you? And he said, I, I need you to really pray for me because John Cavanaugh had just graduated, had these degrees, and he was at a crossroads in life. Not sure what to do next or how to do anything next. And he was really praying about what would the Lord have for him. And she, he said, would you pray for me? And she said, well, what do you want me to pray for you about? He, and he said, pray for me to have clarity. Sounds like a good thing. And she refused. She said, I will not pray for you to have clarity. She's looking at Mother Teresa like, what? Why won't you pray for me to have clarity? He said, Mother Teresa, you always have seemed to have clarity in everything you do. Story goes that she kind of laughed and said, I've never had clarity a day in my life. What I have had is trust in the Lord. And she said, so I will pray for you that you will have trust in God. Friends, I know we, we want clarity. We want to have understanding and we want to see it. But really, the way we go forward is trust. Trusting in God. Trusting in Him. What would the enemy like to make us do and live? He would make us to try to live with fear. To doubt the Lord. I've gone through this. I've gone through that. I've had this happen. I've had that happen. And what happens in that, if we're not careful, is the enemy would sow seeds of doubt and discouragement and try to grip us with fear. Try to contain us and cripple us by fear to keep us from advancing in the life that God has created us to live. But trust comes when we pray. Friends, we need to pray. And when we pray, and as we pray, what happens is fear gets squashed and cast out. God's love and who he is in us, and who we are in him, rises up, and it builds greater trust in the Lord. Amen? And then finally, the last thought. This is like really fast for me. 
finally, the last thought about prayer is this. Is prayer. Prayer prevents weakness. And it builds strength. I'm sure if I said, let's raise our hands. Anybody who wants to be strong in God, all most hands would probably go up, right? Yeah. Because nobody wants to just be weak. Nobody wakes up thinking, I just want to be weak today. I just want to kind of suck today. I just don't really want to, you know, serve, serve God with everything in me. I just kind of want to let the enemy win. I just want to let people get on my nerves. I want to let situations really disturb me. I just, I, I, I want my kids to talk back to me and argue with me today. Because I just want to be rubbed the wrong way. I, hope, I really hope my coworker and my boss really just give it to me today and let it lay into me at work today and overload my plate today. Because I, I just don't want to really be strong. Nobody really, if you think that, I've got a person you need to talk to. Brandon will talk to you today. He's a great counselor. He'll help you up with the right one. Actually, we all know the right one, Jesus. But no, that, that's not what we sign up for. That's not the way we wake up for. We really do try with all good intentions and, and, and as much whatever we can muster up inside is I want to be strong in the Lord today. And Jesus prayed that prayer. And he said, when you pray, pray this. He said, and don't pray, don't let us yield to temptation. Temptation from the enemy is not meant to take us. That's what the devil wants. Obviously, he wants to tempt us and get us to trip and fall for the bait, right? In whatever form or scenario it might be. And Jesus said, hey, if you want to be strong, pray. Pray, don't let me yield to temptation, God. But rescue us from the evil one. Instead of temptation taking over my life today, let me not yield to it. Though I face it, he didn't say pray temptation away. Don't let us yield to it. So in other words, temptation is going to come across our path at some way or another, at some moment in in time. Temptation is going to come across our path with different things. Now in our mind, we think temptation, we think big sins. Really, it's anything that causes us to be in disobedience to the Lord. That's really what sin is in its essence, in its simplest definition, is anything that causes you and I to miss our mark with the Lord and according to live with it by his will and his word, that's really sin. So let's not itemize it and let's not, you know, prioritize it. Obviously, there's greater consequences to different things. You get that, hopefully. If not, I'll have to probably preach on that at some point in time. Lead us not into temptation. What is he saying? Hmm, That's not just a good little line in a book. That is a prayer that Jesus said we can pray. If we don't want to be weak in our spirit and in faith, we must pray. And in so praying, pray, don't let me be weak today. God, make me strong today. Lord, where the enemy has messed with my mind and my thoughts and gotten me to fear that you can't really provide for me, that you really can't take care of me, that you won't really surround me with the right kind of people in my life that I need, or whatever case it is, whatever situation it is, pray, God, make me strong. 
I don't want to fall for that temptation again today. I don't want to bow my knee to it again. I don't want to give in to it today, Lord. Make me strong. Rescue me from the evil one. As temptation crosses my path, help me to either step on it and go over it or run from it and go a different direction. But that's what prayer does, folks. It's not just a good idea. It's not just a good thought. It's not about self-help per se. It's about spiritual vitality, spiritual strength, eternal significance, and eternal perspective that, yes, life is real, but life is also short. And on this short time we have, let us not live life always succumbing to the temptations of our flesh, the temptations of the world, or the temptations of this devil that we face. No, but let us rise above it and let us pray to the God who surrounds us and is in us by the spirit of him to rise up within us and make us strong. You and I don't have to give in to the temptations of the world, the flesh, or the devil. No, we do not. Rise up above that stuff. Be the Christian you're called to be. Be the warrior you're called to be. Be the prince and be the princess that is in God's eyes and who you are. You're a child of the living king. You're a child of God. We all are. Let's rise above that and be strong. For that's what Paul gets at in Ephesians chapter 6. The final thing is this. Chapter 6 verse 10, he says a final word. Even he says it's the last thing. Tells us, if you think about it, if you might want to, if your heart tells you to be strong in the Lord. Does it say that? It does not say that. It says a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. You don't have to be strong in your strength to be victorious In fact, it won't happen. Proverbs just admonished us. Wisdom just said, don't trust in your own understanding, but trust in the Lord with all your heart. Acknowledge Him. He will tell you which path to take. If you're at a crossroads today, if you're in a place of life today where it might be heavy or you might not sure what to do next, stop. Trust the Lord. And if you want to be strong in this next season of life, then we must adhere to what we're told to do. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Then he goes on to tell us that our war is not of flesh and blood. We don't fight things of nature, of things of, of, of this earth. No, our, our battle is against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Then he jumps down and tells you all the different parts of the armor. You should read that sometime. And then verse 18. Pray in the Spirit at all times. Pray in the Spirit at all times. And on every occasion. Stay alert. And be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Amen.